welcome to Pursuing Truth. I'm your host, Barry Watkins. Lord, it's a miracle! Hi, welcome to Pursuing Truth. We're going to talk today about miracles. And I want to tell you, I, uh, I, for years, I believed in God and pointed to various things that I called miracles that kind of made me believe that God was real. It was kind of a confirmation to me at times. I remember one time when I was doubting the existence of God after I'd had my major first major doubts and I was wrestling with this whole thing. I went and talked to one of my pastors about it at one point, um, had been several years into the whole struggle, but um, I shared with him my struggles. And But at the same time, I remembered sharing with him also that there was a few things in my life that I couldn't explain and that helped me to hang on to believing basically was these miracles that I had seen. So it was kind of this struggle that I was having of how do I know God's real? And then I was going back and forth with it. Um, I had some theoretical things that were troubling me. One of those was, you know, that, and, and I've gone into this before, the, the thing about is the universe created by a God? Logically, I had thought about that quite a bit, that oh, well, anything that has a beginning must have a cause, you know, that whole first cause argument for the universe. And uh, apparently our universe has a beginning. There's the Big Bang. But it had occurred to me during this wrestling of, of things, some of my doubts and things back and forth, talking, thinking about comparing science to the Bible. It, it occurred to me just logically at some point that, is it possible, this question occurred to me, that is it possible that the universe itself doesn't actually have a beginning and that it's not, it doesn't require a cause at that point? You know, we attribute that, we, we say that that's God's nature, is that God has always been, you know, he doesn't have a beginning, so therefore he doesn't need a creator. He doesn't have a creator. He's always been you know, and that's who God is. That's how we define God is that he's this eternal being who's always been around. Well, if we don't really understand, what if we don't really understand the nature of the universe, the physical universe, and maybe the physical universe actually is eternal and doesn't have a beginning? Is that possible? I mean, you know, and this was something that occurred to me and I was kind of like, this is one of those things that I shared with that pastor that day. But uh, like I say, it was, a, it was a conflict within me. It was kind of like, yeah, I have these things that I've always believed were miracles and they helped me keep believing. But, you know, at some point I kind of understood some things about miracles that got me kind of past that point. Because I re when I really examined it, just trying to be objective about it, I kind of thought, wow, you know, those couple of things that I've always thought were miracles might not have actually been miracles. Is that possible? And when I gave that possibility kind of some thought, it really became clear to me that that's exactly the case. <laughs> Even the most powerful miracles that I had ever heard about or thought 
had happened to someone close to me, I kind of started shedding doubt on those things saying, well, compared to the whole, my whole life of worth of praying for things, not seeing miracles, and then here and there you see a glimmer of, ooh, that seems like a miracle. You know, it was something that I couldn't explain at the time or something. And I would say, wow, that was a miracle. You know, what, you know, I'll give you a couple examples. One of those was um, in church, there was a guy that had gotten injured. Um, and they talked about it at church one Sunday that um, our friend had uh, been on a paper route and uh, delivering newspapers in the dark in the morning before sunrise. And, and as some bundles of papers had fallen out of his truck, apparently onto the road, and so he was trying to recover these bundles of newspapers in the dark and a car came along and, and hit him. A van, I guess, had come and hit him and injured him pretty severely. So they took him to the hospital um, and he underwent surgery. And uh, I guess there was indications that he was having heart problems from, from this accident. And so they, they did open heart surgery. They went in. And the story was from the pulpit that they told was that when the doctors opened him up, they said that there was a artery feeding to his heart that had a 360 degree tear in the artery and that there was no way that his heart should be pumping any blood and that there's no way that he should be alive. It's a miracle that he was alive and, you know, and that he'd been alive that long to that they were able to have the surgery and then, you know, fix him up. And so this was the testimony that had been given of this miraculous event. And uh, later on, of course, the guy was, was, um, had recovered pretty well in all of that from all of this. So it was like, wow, 360 degree tear. That's, that sounds like an impossibility for someone to survive that. Right. <laughs> well, um, one of the things I thought later was, um, Gee, uh, is it possible that when they open, I mean, even if the story is true, is it possible that when they opened him up, that's when the terror happened right at that moment as they're opening him up? I mean, it's possible, right? It, it just sounds like there are explanations for things usually that, uh, you know, sometimes we don't think about. And maybe there are chance events that happen that seem pretty slim, like there's slim chance of it happening, but there's a chance that it happened. And uh, that to me is pretty much in line with the rate at which I had seen answer prayers is that there's that rare occurrence where there's something that you can't explain that seems like a, a really rare thing that should happen. Well, that's why it's rare. It, it doesn't happen very often, but yeah, every now and then, there's something like that that occurs. Uh, another time was a, a friend of ours at church had actually um, accidentally run over his daughter. And it was a very emotional time for us. Uh, and he was a close, pretty close friend in the church and all. And uh, I felt for him so bad. And, and his little daughter was like two or three years old. He had backed over her with the car. And then when he realized that he had run over something, he pulled back forward. He had backed over her. The tire had ended up on her belly and she was laying down on her back. And, uh, and then he rolled back off of her 
Well, he had to perform CPR on his girl and somebody called 911. He, he hollered for his wife to call 911. They called 911. I guess they sent a helicopter out to get her. And it was this miraculous thing that she survived. Um, they took her to the hospital, airlifted her to the hospital. Well, a bunch of us went down and prayed all night for her. We, we went down to the hospital and um, I gave blood in her name because um, I happen to have the same blood type as her. And so that was kind of neat. And, you know, but we, it was a lot of ups and downs and we didn't know how she was going to do. And they, they kept telling us, oh yeah, you know, don't hold out, you know, too much hope because it's very severe. You know, she's got some severe injuries and it's very likely that she's not going to make it. They told us. And um, they, they gave her something like a 7% chance to live or something. And I remember that. And and uh, this was back when they used to do that. They used to give you a percentage chance. And uh, sure enough, she lived. She survived. And she was fine. Like a few weeks later, she was back in church playing with the other kids. And she had this big swollen belly sticking out of her shirt. And uh, But, you know, eventually that healed. And, and it was as if, you know. It was this miraculous thing. I said, wow, God really did a miracle there, you know? Well, hey, they gave her a 7% chance of living. She lived. She beat the odds, right? I'm just saying, you know, whether we prayed or not, I don't think it mattered. I don't think it, it affected the, the outcome, guys. You know, um, and this is one of those rare things that I used to point to. Yeah. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Pursuing Truth with Barry Watkins. Yeah, this, uh, this came up for me because I had uh, had a conversation with a couple of people recently about this sort of thing. Um, they were believers. The it was a man and a woman I was talking to, and uh, they um, were telling me miracle stories about from the past. And they they told me a lot of these a string of stories like sort of like this. And but it's an older couple, and they've been around for a long time. They've been Christians for many many years, and and. Um, <clears throat> The miracle stories they told were cool and all. And um, I'm definitely not, I don't, I don't want to be disparaging toward anyone or disrespectful toward anyone um, when, I, when I say criticisms like this. But the fact is, we, what I've learned is, you know, when we, when we talk about answered prayer and, and miracles, um, I think that it really mostly comes down to what I've discovered is it mostly comes down to confirmation bias that we have. Um, it's, it's a psychological phenomenon. I've talked about this before also is that, you know, we, we want, when we want to believe something is true, our lenses that we look through when we see the world, we're processing it through those beliefs the, the things that we want to believe are true or the things that we have been convinced of so far are true. We're filtering the things we see through that lens. And it's 
um, we have a bias and then we, um, we are biased towards the information that confirms what we believe. That's confirmation bias. So we, uh, the things that confirm what we believe are the things that we tend to focus on and we, and we remember those things. But the things that are against what we believe, we kind of um, filter those out. We tend to just not remember those. We don't really notice those as much as we do the things that confirm what we believe. So confirmation bias um, influences that sort of thing. When we look at something and we say, oh, you know, I've prayed a million times for different things and I didn't get good answers most, you know, 90% of the time I don't get a good answer, but once in a while something cool happens and I'm going to chalk that up and say, yeah, God answers prayer. And, um, it's, it's a common thing that, that many of us do. So, um, this couple that I was talking to, I want to say most of those, um, I mean, pretty much all of the stories that they told me, I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, I mean, I, I can see how these things can happen and then and it not be a miracle, guys. It It's like, it's not convincing. Some of you are going to say, you're just being stubborn. You know, you just don't want to believe it. So you're not going to be convinced because no matter what somebody tells you. That's not true at all. I, especially years ago, I wanted to be convinced that God was real and when I was objective about it, that's when I, that's when my beliefs started falling apart. It wasn't that I didn't want to believe and that I wanted to attack those beliefs and that I, you know, rejected God for some reason. No, I mean, basically I came to the conclusion that, oh yeah, all those things that I thought were miracles aren't necessarily miracles. I was just being objective about it. I just was taking off those glasses of confirmation bias. I, you can do that too. If you know, I don't want to encourage anyone to doubt. I don't want to encourage anyone to fall away from their religion necessarily. You know, um, basically what I'm trying to do with this um, podcast is mostly I, I like to hope that I can encourage someone to think. You know, think for yourself, you know, we, we don't want to be caught up in false beliefs. None of us want that. I don't think, you know, none of us want to be caught up in like a cult, you know, that, that is teaching untruths and believe it. And then at the end of your life, you've spent your whole life on something that's just not true. You know, I think, you know, so sorting out what's true from what's not true, you know, Let's take the lenses off of confirmation bias. That's one of those things that we have to recognize that can skew our beliefs and it can skew the way we see the world. It can skew the way we see these stories. Look at the big picture, guys. It's not that hard to figure out once you kind of know what you're looking at. You know, we're, we look at the facts and we weigh, okay, how many hundreds of times did I pray for something? How many times that I get a good answer and it's a very small ratio of things that I think are miraculous and that I can hang my hat on those things. But <laughs> does it really make sense to hang your hat on that? No, it, 
and that's been my estimation is that no i've figured out gosh i i used to hang my hat on that stuff but i think it was just because i wanted to believe it and it just really doesn't warrant that um i i had some funny experiences of answer prayer you know one time i prayed i was on the roof of the maranatha house one time uh, in college and i was studying and i uh there was some a breeze blowing and it was blowing my pages and I was like fed up and I was like, I held up my hand and I said, peace be still to the wind. And sure enough, the wind stopped. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought about that for a long time. Years later, I was like, yeah, I mean, wasn't that cool? I, I believed that that was a miracle that God stopped the wind for me. But can that be a chance occurrence that the wind stops kind of right then when I prayed? Yeah, it can be a chance occurrence, right? Yeah. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Pursuing Truth with Barry Watkins. You know, it's interesting. Um, if we put all of this into perspective, that's one of the things that we need. I think we need to do to, to, to get to the bottom of what's true about it. Um, you know, put it in perspective of what kind of suffering is in the world, what kind of things people are probably praying about all around the world right now. People that have a child with cancer or they have a child with a birth defect that's just horrible and and they, they live their whole lives with, you know, severe problems. Um, there's so many problems out there. There's so many, there's so much poverty. And a lot of these people are believers in God. They're believers in Jesus. And yet they're experiencing these trials and tribulations, you know, and the Bible even kind of preps you for that. It says, oh, in this world, you will have trouble but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, you know? And so it's like, um, it's kind of setting you up for that confirmation bias, isn't it? It's kind of like, oh yeah, sometimes it's the devil. The devil is uh, messing around with us. And, um, you know, so there, you know, people will talk about that, that there's spiritual warfare going on. You know, the devil's trying to hurt you and God is there to defend you, but you have to reach out to God in faith. You know, so that's why there's these there's these trials and tribulations. Also, uh, people will point to the Bible and there's things in the Bible that say, oh, yeah, you know, it sounds like God will allow things to happen to you to test your faith. God will allow things to happen to you that build character. You know, maybe there's a reason why you're going through this problem. And maybe there's a reason why God's not answering your prayer. Well, I think looking at the big picture and saying, okay, what is the most likely reason? <laughs> Look at the big picture. There is no God. There is no answered prayers happening. There's little glimmers of wishes that answer prayers are happening. You know, um, but does it make sense that God is ignoring the, the cries of children all around the world that are hungry that that don't have any food that that are dying of diseases does it make sense that 
there's there's all this suffering in the world and God's not doing anything about that. But yet, oh yeah, he's going to come and heal my little pain, you know, that I had in my, you know, arm, you know, and, and I prayed a thousand times, but finally one time, wow, that, that I felt the pain go away. Isn't that great? You know, or, you know, the things like people saying, uh, oh yeah, I prayed for a, a raise at work and I got a raise, you know, or, or I prayed for, you know, um, prayed for a parking place and there it was, I got a parking place. But meanwhile, there's starving kids around the world that aren't getting prayers answered for them, are they? And does that make sense? Does it make sense at all? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important that we face reality. Um, and how, you know, a lot of people are kind of like, Oh, I'd rather believe than not believe. I'd rather have hope, you know, than not to have hope. Well, you know, it's okay to have hope. I, I think it's a good thing to have hopes. Um, I think it's a good, good thing to have, uh, you know, hopes of a good, healthy life, you know, and there, there's, you know, hope that somebody's going to recover from a sickness or something like that. There's, there's hope that I'm going to get a raise at work if I work hard and things like that. There's, there's hope. I can have hope. It doesn't require a God to have hope. You know, I'd rather hope in real things. You know, if, if the doctors can, uh, can give me medicine to cure something, well, let's put our hope in that, you know, let's put our hope in modern medicine and let's be thankful for what we have. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that there is things that we can do for the starving kids around the world. We can give to charities and help them, you know, we can, you know, it, it doesn't require a God to fulfill those kind of things, you know, to, to say that I'm going to believe in God because I want to have hope. I mean, that's, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, to believe in something that's not true. I mean, let's just put the shoe on the other foot. If I believed in one of the Hindu gods, you know, and uh, somebody came along and told me, yeah, that God's not real. You're believing, you're praying to someone that's just not even there. And I say, oh, I would rather pray to Vishnu, you know, and, and have hope that I'm going to get answers to my prayer, you know, and, and uh, the Hindu scripture, I don't really know a lot about Hinduism, but uh, all the religions have similar things of scriptures that tell them, oh yeah, if you do these things, then you're going to uh, live beyond the grave and you're going to have success in your life. You're going to be blessed by the gods or God. And, uh, you know, yeah, they bring hope. But is it is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? If you're believing in something that's just not true and you're having hope in that thing, why not believe in things that are actually true and have your hope there? I think it's really important that we sort out truth from lies and that we can have hope in the things and we can have positive, we can have happiness in our life and fulfillment outside of religion. You know, that that's one of those things that I was taught in religion and Christianity was that, oh yeah, if you leave Christianity, there's, there's no hope for you. There's, there's like no hope for happiness or joy. You know, joy only comes from 
living for God. And, uh, you know, we used to point to people outside of the faith and say, oh, they're a total wreck. They're a total mess. And uh, I think those things are exaggerated. It's kind of like when you're in a group like that, that believes this certain way, and you believe that you're being blessed because you're in this, you know, spiritual truth, you know, I'm in the truth and uh, God's going to bless me. Well, step outside of that for a little bit and actually go visit some people and talk to some people who, who are not in your religion and find out what do they actually live like? Do they actually have, are, th are their lives actually full of misery? Uh, I'm going to bet that you can find some people that are not full of misery. And uh, all of that confirmation bias really needs to be put to the test. Guys, you need to, <laughs> you know, and so, uh, so I would encourage you to examine the things that you believe, examine um, confirmation bias as something that you try to recognize in your own life. And uh, I think it's going to help us to get to the truth and um, to get objective about things. And uh, isn't that what we all want? To know the truth? And, to, you know, I mean, uh, Jesus even said, uh, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Well, I found that that's actually a good, a good saying. You know, the truth has set me free from a lot of things that used to bind me. When I had false beliefs, um, it goes hand in hand with a lot of garbage that came along with it. You know, it was like a, a lot of guilt and shame and, you know, things that I had in religion that I'm actually happy to be done with and rid of now. So, yeah. Um, all right. I just want to encourage you with that. Let's talk about this further. And um, I look forward to hearing from you. Talk to you soon. Bye.